how he decided to become a pastor after being a mortgage lender for seven years, how to gain the respect and trust of somebody that you look up to, why you need to be around people who think bigger than you, the three goals that he gave his daughter every single day at school, the one thing that allowed his business to take off and then so much more coming right up. This is episode number three, five, nine with the CEO of Grow, Stack, Drive, Ken Jocelyn. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. Are you struggling with motivation, structure, or accountability with achieving your fitness goals? Go to nickcarrier.com so you can download my new free ebook called Your Best Week. You'll get access to three workouts, my personal grocery list, and three things to avoid at the grocery store so that you can have your best week possible. Just go to nickcarrier.com to get free access today. Today, I'm super fired up to bring you guys Ken Jocelyn. Ken is going to make you want to run through a wall. Ken is a former pastor turned realtor, entrepreneur, and motivational speaker. In this episode, you're going to learn about the importance of relationships, how to gain the trust and respect of somebody that you look up to, how to become more like a servant leader, the two goals that you should have when having a conversation with somebody, which is absolutely huge. This is going to change the way that I intentionally act with the people that I meet with on a daily basis. He talks about the importance of getting in the room with people who think bigger than you. He talks about how to gain clarity on your why and so much more. Also, Ken has a conference coming up in Atlanta on January 28th and 29th. That is going to be a game changer for so many business people and entrepreneurs. He has speakers coming in like John Maxwell and Jesse Isler that will change the way that you think and more importantly, change the way that you act. If you want to go in Atlanta, then go to growstackdrive.com slash Atlanta to get tickets. Again, growstackdrive.com slash Atlanta. But before diving into the episode, be sure you're subscribing to the Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast on the Apple Podcast app, iTunes, Spotify, or YouTube, and be sure you share this episode with a friend while you're listening. All you have to do is send them to nickcarrier.com slash podcast. And if you enjoy the show, then I would love it if you leave a five-star rating and review. But without further ado, it's time. Here's to getting closer and closer to your best you with the one and only Ken Jocelyn. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. Today, I'm fired up to be joined by the one and only Ken Jocelyn. Ken, I just want to start off by saying thanks so much for spending the time with me today. Dude, super stoked, man. I'm excited to be here, dude. Yeah, it's going to be going to be a great conversation. So I kind of want to dive into the history of your career a little bit, if you will. You started off as a mortgage broker for about seven years, and then you were a lead pastor for a church for about five years. And then you jumped kind of back into the real estate game as a realtor for uh, kind of the past seven years and counting. And now you just more recently found a drone company called Grow Stack Drive, as you guys who are watching on YouTube can see in the background. And one of the things that I'm really intrigued about with people is kind of how they gain clarity around their decision-making. And so one of the questions that I want to start with was, how did you gain clarity that you wanted to jump from being this mortgage broker to being a lead pastor of a church? Yeah. Well, the mortgage broker thing is a little different because we were at the time in the mid 2000s, one of the top brokers in Georgia, Florida and Alabama. As a matter of fact, we were the number one wholesale broker for SunTrust and Countrywide four years in a row. We were doing well, we were closing tons and tons of deals and doing doing really, really good doing that. And then literally the day I opened up my Columbus, Georgia office. I hired the number one originator for SunTrust on the wholesale side. She was closing 21 deals a month on her own, which was insane. That's craziness. 
And because I've always been a top guy, eight to 10 was like an insane month. I mean, eight to 10, you know, you're making 30, 40 grand a month as a, as a, just as a loan officer, she was closing 21 deals a month. And I hired her July of 2007. I hired her. We did a ribbon cutting ceremony, uh, 125 agents from around Columbus, Georgia come in and we get through chamber of commerce, the whole nine years, the newspapers there, we get done. We're sitting there, sitting in the office at night by myself about 6 30 or 7 PM. And I was, I sat at my desk and I cried and I knew I was like, God, this is not what you have for me. Like what is going on? Little did I know that that was first, first two weeks in July, the end of September, Fannie Mae guidelines were going to change. And then at the end of January of 2008, Fannie Mae guidelines were going to change. As you know, the housing market crashed literally right then. That's when the whole housing market crashed, killed about 80% of our business. And so here I was there. I already knew there was a shift coming, but even before the housing market crashed. So that's kind of, that was kind of, I wish I got up and said, man, I had just this faith to walk away from doing mortgages. But the reality of it is, is, is I knew beforehand I was going to, but I didn't know why. And then obviously the, the housing market crashed, the industry pretty much dried up immediately. Kind of, you got, you got shoved out regardless of uh, whether or not you were going to make the leap. So, well then backtrack to that day that you went home and and you said you started crying. What, like why? Like, were, were you just felt like in a role that wasn't for you? Why, why were you in, like, what was the unhappiness? Yeah, I just knew. I mean, I was sitting at my desk in that new office, brand new office we opened up in Columbus. Anybody else would be sitting there going, yes, this is what you want to have happen. And I was sitting there like, I just knew in my heart, in my spirit, I was like, this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. And it just wasn't, it was a, it was a vision and a why thing for me more than it was anything else. I had no idea what was coming three months down the road and six months or seven months down the road, but obviously that was coming and God knew it was coming. And he obviously redirected and I knew then that he had something for me to do back in ministry, pastoring churches. And we planted the church a couple of years later. If the housing market hadn't had crashed, how much longer do you think you would have stuck with it? Ooh, that's a great question. Nobody's ever asked me that question. I probably would have, I probably would have kept doing it for a while because I had gotten it to a point with my team, with our SOPs, with everything that we were doing. Right. It could function a lot without me. And I would have just taken my deals and just divvied up my deals to my team. I probably would have kept doing it because, I mean, you know, when you're doing that, you're making the, the money that we were making back then. Church planning is hard. The finance component behind church planning is really hard, like making sure that you have the finances you need to be able to do what God's called you to do is difficult. So I think for that, I probably would have kept doing it. Probably would have made things a little easier, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I think probably probably my life. I, I'm just I'm so intrigued always by these when when people are in this kind of point in, where they're in a job where they don't like and all, oftentimes something requires them to make the move, but sometimes they stick it out longer than than they would have liked. So if you had to have a conversation with like that version of yourself that was there, what do you think that version of yourself would have needed to hear to have had the leap of faith to make the jump? Yeah, that everything's going to be okay. That man, just Sharon Lecter, who's a co-author for Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Exit Rich. She just did that a couple months ago. She's a mentor of mine and a really good friend. And I heard Sharon say this statement last year. She said, she actually said it at my boot camp in Scottsdale. She said, don't take a leap of faith. She said, take a leap with faith. And she just, she just kind of 
expounded on how those were two totally different things. Take, don't take a leap of faith, take a leap with faith. And I thought that was absolutely phenomenal. That's probably exactly what I would have needed to hear. She said another, she said another thing too last year that was probably one of the most powerful quotes I heard. She said, you don't need magic, you need motion. And the motion happened, the magic happens when you get in motion. And so it's just action. Uncle G talks about action all the time. That's Grant's main thing. Get an action. Get an action. Get an action. Massive action. He talks about it all the time. Same thing. You don't need magic. You need motion. The magic happens when you get in motion and you start to take actions. That's it's exactly what's happened with us. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. So then, when you when you did have the church, then when you became the pastor, what gave you the confidence to? address everybody for the first time. And this is kind of something completely different that you had never done this before. So what? Yeah. You were probably pretty nervous and, you know, maybe I don't know how much confidence you did or did not have. I mean, I've been in ministry before. I, we built a youth ministry from a handful of kids to several hundred. Okay. And I had one of the top youth ministries in the country. Um, so, I, you know, it's vision, dude. It's vision. It's it's like I, like I was sharing earlier today with somebody, you know, before I met Grant, I was doing about 120 grand a year in real estate. I was doing well. I mean, everybody would look at me and be like, dude, you got it made. You're working 15 hours a week, making 10, 12 grand a month. You're umpiring college baseball. You're refereeing college basketball. Dude, you got a mate. But I was bored and I had no purpose and no drive. And it's the same thing. When you have vision, when your heart has the ability to be able to paint the picture and you know where you're going, you know what your why is, dude, you're unstoppable. Like it doesn't matter what bad day you have. It doesn't matter what obstacle gets in your way. It doesn't matter what pothole gets in your way. You literally, when you understand your why, when you've got that, as um, Victor Frankl, the, the man who wrote uh, Man's Search for Meaning, that, that, the books, Tony Robbins says it's one of his top five books of all time. I taught on it last week on my Wednesday night course or my Wednesday night uh, coaching class. You know, in that book, when you find that meaning and that purpose and that why, it drives and propels everything that you do. You know, I think that why and a vision are a little bit different. Talk a little bit more about how you develop a vision when it comes to maybe the church that you had or when it comes to grow, stack, and drive, now the business that you have. How, how do you come on un, unblurring the, the vision that lies ahead? I think those kind of go, they're like a 1A, 1B is how I would say that with your why. Like my why now as, as a coaching consultant isn't really that much different than it was as a pastor. Like I love to help people become the best version of themselves. If that was through faith, or if that's through, let me teach you how to build confidence, gain clarity, and create community. Let me help you do these things. It's helping people. It's literally helping people become the best version of themselves. That's probably the why. The vision is how I'm doing that now. And how we're doing that now is not even just through GSD, but it's through my real estate teams. It's through the teams that I have that are doing real estate in Birmingham and in, in, in Atlanta. Um, but, it, but a lot of that does come through our coaching and consulting. I think that's true. I think a lot of times just the the vehicle with which you carry out that why can just kind of change as you, as you go through life. Is there a most important decision that you feel like you made maybe earlier on in your career that you didn't realize the significance of until later? Hmm. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I didn't make and why I made it. Um, and then why, why I corrected it. I was at a mastermind with Grant in June of 2020. And I was debating on whether or not to do my online courses. We've got three online courses and, they, and they're not cheap to do. I mean, they're tens of thousands of dollars to get done, to, to get done at the level we did them at. And I was sitting there for two days with Grant at this, at this mastermind. It's like 30 people in the room. 
And at the end of the day, the second day, he starts in the back of the room, he works his way up and he goes, what's one thing you got out of this weekend? And I had the time I had my 10X planner. Now I've got my GSD planner because we've added some kind of, this is like a 10X planner on steroids. I wrote on my notes section on the right-hand side in big, big capital letters, speed. Grant got to me, he goes, preacher, he calls me preacher, right? He goes, what you got? And I, and I flipped, I, I did just like this. I said, Grant, I said, I've, we, I've done a lot as a licensee over the last eight, nine months. And I did like that. I pointed the word speed. And I said, but I've not risked enough. I've not, I've not pushed hard enough. Dude, he, he got so fired up. Grant jumped up out of his director's chair at the front of the room and came over and gave me a bear hug. Like he was so fired up because everybody in that room knew who I was. Everybody in that building knew who I was. I've spoken to their team. I've spoken to all the licensees. I've been down there several times. Everybody knew who I was. Everybody in that room thought, if there's a guy that's got it going on, it's this guy right here. And I literally looked at Grant and went, I ain't doing enough. When I did that, dude, there was another, it kicked the respect level for me in Grant's eyes to another level. Because I was like, so I made a decision that day. I showed Grant, came over, gave me a hug. He, he left and went to the next person. I picked up my phone. I text my course and content creator girl on LA. I said, buy a ticket to get here on Sunday. We go, we go to work on Monday. How much is it? I text my best friend, Nate, who worked for John Maxwell forever. I said, dude, we, I booked this room over in Alpharetta. We're going to spend the next five days developing these courses. And we did, dude, in a shared office space, huge boardroom. With, I mean, dude, there were post-it notes. There were post-it notes everywhere. Like I had nightmares of giant post-it notes and Sharpie markers for like a month. And we literally created all three of those courses on mindset strategy and leadership development in a week because of that decision. And I, had I not been in that room with Grant, I would not have made that decision. Yeah. Why do you think you weren't moving fast enough beforehand? Because of my limiting beliefs, because of the lid that I had on my mind of what I could do. I had to take a risk to be able to do that. Anytime you take a risk, now there's stupid risks. I see people take dumb risks, but a risk is still a risk. You know, I don't care if it's a, if it's 90%. I, I mean, I'll tell you about a poker hand I lost one time. I've never shared this story before. Not on a podcast. Poker hand, I lost one time. I'm in, I'm at the Commerce Casino. I'm playing 10, 20, no limit. I, I bought in that day for 2,500 and I'm up to about 18 or 19 grand. I mean, I'm up. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm doing, I've played for about 20 hours straight. I'm sitting at the table and this guy sitting two seats to the left of me. He's a big Home Depot exec. I've watched him blow through 15 grand in about three hours. He was terrible. I'm playing with Antonio Esvendiari, Toby, uh, the Spider-Man kid. He's he's playing at the table. Uh, Blue Diamond Phillips is sitting to my left. I played with Lou for like eight hours that night. James Woods, the big actor, he's sitting in seat eight or nine. From this is a big table. I miss you know Antonio comes in and buys in for like fifty grand. He's got everybody on the whole table covered. I'm sitting there with fifteen twenty grand in front of me. This guy comes in and he sits down. This is what he does. Uh, He limps in. If, if you don't know poker, it's like small blind, big blind. He limps in for 20. It gets raised and it gets, it gets raised and then it gets called and he gets to me and I'm, I'm in the small blind. I got pocket aces. Well, I re-raise it. It's like 120 to go. I make it like 500 to go. And this guy looks and he goes, well, I guess I'm all in. And he's shoving. And I'm like, I'm happy, right? Like, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to crush this guy. So he shoves all in. I think he puts, I think he has $1,800, $1,900 total. He puts it all in the middle. Fold, fold, fold. It's me and him heads up. 
I feel terrible for the guy. I said, sir, I've got you in really bad shape. Would you like to run it once or would you like to run it twice? Which basically means you run the all five cards, you split the pot. And he goes, no, we'll just run it once. And I flipped over two aces and he goes, he goes, man, you got me in bad shape. He flipped over ace eight suited. He called me with ace eight suited. I'm a 96.5%. I'm going to win that hand 96 and a half times out of 100. He goes, well, dude, it looks like I got to have a couple eights. The flop comes eight, three, eight. And I lose about a 40 some odd hundred dollar pot on a 96.5% favorite. Listen, sometimes you're going to be the favorite and sometimes you're going to get your ass kicked. That's just part of it. But I didn't quit. I kept going. I just kept grinding. I got up from the table and walked away for a couple of minutes. I ain't going to lie. But sometimes you're going to get your ass kicked. And sometimes you just got to be like, okay, okay, what I learned here? There's absolutely nothing I could have done different in that situation. None. But sometimes you're not going to win. Damn, that is a, uh, that's a hell of a story right there. <laughs> I was like, I was so on the edge of my seat greeting for uh, what was going to happen next. Uh, that's crazy. I appreciate you sharing that. I appreciate you sharing that. Now, one of the things... You know, we talked a little bit before we started recording, and one of the things that you've mentioned thus far is kind of being in the room with people who are at the same level or above you and, and smarter than you, and, and all that those kinds of things. And as a as a realtor and and in the field of business that you're in now, you're building relationships all the time. Talk to somebody who is maybe on the younger side, or not even necessarily on the younger side, but is trying to build a relationship with somebody maybe older than them or somebody that they look up to or somebody they're trying to become more like, what are the different things that that person should be doing kind of in their communication with that person they're trying to build a trusted relationship with to gain more respect and trust with that person? One one of the things I did 20 years ago, 20 plus years ago when I was youth pastoring and and Ron was one of my mentors, and he's the one that put me on my first big stages. One of the things I did with Ron is when I had a phone appointment with him, 15 minutes, I sent him a bullet-pointed, a bullet, a detailed bullet-pointed list of the two or three things I wanted to touch base with before I even had that call. So he knew when I had that call, number one, hey, I'm respecting my time, and I'm respecting your time. So when I get on this call, it's not for me just to go, ooh, I had a call with Ron. It literally was for me to be able to get the answers that I needed to get. And he knew then, hey, this guy's serious. And what he did was he started making himself more available to me. And when you get in a mentor's life, Grant says this all the time, like there's a difference between coaches and mentors. Coaches, you're going to pay. And I and I pay a lot. I mean, I paid coaches. I spent $108,000 last year in, in coaching and self-development and with Grant, some with Grant, some with a couple other people. A mentor is somebody that will spend time with you and mentor you. And a lot of times that's for free. Now, you can also be a mentor and not even know them personally. It can be a podcast. It can be a book. There's several ways you can get mentored. Listen, I'm going after people. If I know somebody is the best in my field, I want to know them. I want to be around them. And when you start doing things and things start happening in your life and they, you start moving at the speed that some of the people that I know move at, what happens is people take notice. I mean, literally people take notice. And when they take notice, that's when the doors and opportunities of relationship begin to open up for you. I think that's so true. I think that's so true. I feel like that's that resonated a lot with me. I remember when I first moved to Nashville and kind of just started off uh, in my fitness career, All I, I was just like trying to go to as many different people's fitness classes that were in town. I started to just 
take action, take action, take action, take action. And when I started to do those things, other people would take notice and, and that level of respect, even if like before I even met so many people, people would see it, take notice and already think favorably of you before even actually meeting you in person. Yeah, it's action. People want to be around. People of action want to be around people of action. It's like attracts like. John Maxwell says, listen, you don't reproduce what you know, you reproduce who you are. So you're going to attract who you are. That's why the development side, you were talking about how do people get connected? Listen, one of the things Grant talks about a lot as well is is sometimes you pay for proximity. I paid $10,000 to be in that room with Grant for two days. I had a friend of mine call me. I I didn't even know the event was even scheduled yet. Just came out. My buddy, John, called me from Detroit. He goes, hey, did you hear Grant's doing a, a mastermind? It's 10 grand. And I said, no, dude, I didn't hear. This, this is what he said next. He goes, think of how many years we can cut off the growth and development of our business by being in the room with him for two days. Like literally, those are the kind. I got client this past week. I charged $20,000 to come in two days to do a consulting, a two-day whiteboard session. And then you get three one-hour coaching calls. He paid me 20 grand to come in two days last week in New Hampshire. We sat at dinner. We did a Wednesday, Wednesday and Thursday. We sat at dinner on Thursday night. He goes, dude, what can we do for you? I said, what do you mean? He goes, dude, this has been such a game changer for my wife and I and what we're going to do in our business. We feel like we owe you. I said, did you pay me 20 grand? And he goes, yeah, but that's not enough. That's not enough. That's exactly what he said. That's not enough. Get in rooms with people who think bigger than you do. Whatever you have to do. You've got to get in rooms. I, I shared this earlier today. And I used to write it in my 10X planner every day, get in rooms with people who think they're good. You. When we did our own GSD planners, these are kind of 10X planner on steroids. Dude, I put it in my, I, it's printed on the bottom of my page. Yeah. Get in rooms with people who think bigger than you do. Like it's there every single day. Like you've got to put yourself in position to be around or proximity to be or to be in proximity with people who are doing things that you want to do. There's no quicker way to learn than to learn from somebody who's already been where you want to go. And obviously, obviously, you've had a ton of them, mentors and and coaches and things of that nature. Is there anything that you feel like in particular and you can maybe name a few of them, but is there anything in particular that stands out that jump-started you a lot with regards to your personal development? Like some more, and another thing that you heard from a particular mentor that was like, "I'm because I heard this, I'm changing this habit or I'm changing this routine on a daily and a weekly basis. We'll be back to the interview in just a second. But first, I wanted to share a quick testimonial from a past participant of the 10-week transformation program. I started running the 10WT in the beginning of 2020 and I've had over 150 people on counting go through it and they've seen amazing results both inside and out. If you're inspired to join after listening to the testimonial, then go to nickcarrier.com to learn more. We'll get back to the episode in just a minute, but first, here's what they had to say. Hey, my name is Drew. That's for why I joined Nick's program. I was in a bit of a routine um, from a previous workout perspective and just was looking to kind of jumpstart and find something new that was going to introduce me to some new ways of, of working out that were both more aggressive and, and more scheduled. Getting up early in the morning has been really uh, kind of a game changer for me and, and kind of starting the day off obviously with Nick's two workouts that he does as a group but you know, I've, I've applied those across all of the workouts that he's built for us through the program and, and I think it's just a great way to start the day. Getting here, working hard, and then 
knowing that you've accomplished that uh, to start the day has been really beneficial to me, uh, both from a physical perspective, but from a, a mental perspective as well. My favorite thing about the program uh, has just been the level of planning and strategic thinking around you know your goals and how to get there, and then you know, understanding that planning and all that is one thing, but the application of, of those tactics and you know, Nick really helps you to think about what are the small things in my day that are going to help me get to where I need to go. You should join Nick's 10 week program. Well, I'm going to tell you what, those things happen all the time. Like that's not just a one occurrence. Where, yeah, I remember five years ago, I heard this guy speak and it, I changed this because of it. No, I hear people, Brad Lee is is the master at talking about this. Brad says, you need to get new information every single day. Brad is one of the most brilliant people I've ever been around. He's one of my favorite human beings on the planet. He's funny. Dude, he looks, he's good looking. He's got a great book. He's, he just ordered a black Ferrari. I mean, dude, he's got it made. But let me tell you why he is where he is, because he always talks about getting new information. It's, it's not a one-time occurrence. It is a process. One of my five core values is teachability. We're not only open to feedback, but we actively pursue feedback. Where are you going? What are you doing to get feedback on what's going on in your life? Who are you learning from? Find three to five people, like I said, who are the best at what you do and build relationship with those people. You have to. I love that. Actively pursue feedback. I think that's, I think that's super key. I know that a lot of people who listen to this podcast are go-getters and people who are ambitious. And obviously that describes a little bit of yourself as well. But a lot of, a lot of the times I know that people, what people struggle with is trying to figure out, okay, like what should I jump on now? Because a lot of people lose focus. So ambitious, ambitious people can very easily lose focus and I'm guilty of it as well. Like I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. And then you try to do it all at the same time. And so your results are just mediocre for you personally, when there are so many of these different things or so many different ideas that you want to do, that you want to pursue so much information that you want to intake, how do you kind of decipher what is the thing that you need to jump on now? I had a mentor of mine took me to lunch one time. I said, when I was youth pastor and grow, my youth ministry was blowing up. He took me to lunch. This guy lived in the in a house that was worth three, four million bucks. Unbelievable. On the lake in Northeast Georgia, the best view of the lake. Uh, it was beautiful, beautiful home, very wealthy. And he, this is what he told me after lunch today. He said, Ken, vision comes cheap to a visionary. You have to determine which is the right vision to run after. And a lot of times I think that's coupled with your why. Like I said, the 1A, 1B. If you know what your why is, then it's easier for you that, to then in turn follow the right vision. It's easier for you to go after the right vision for your life. And I think that's huge. I think that's huge for people. If somebody is at a loss for what their why is, how do you, how would you recommend coming up with that? Because, you know, you mentioned it a few times in the importance of it. So if somebody's like, I don't really know what my Super why simple. is. I don't really, yeah. Get in a community of people who understand their why. Find a community of people. I don't care if it's GSD. I don't care if it's dropping bombs. I don't care if it's 10X. I don't care if it's Coach Burt's Monster Nation. I don't care who it is. Find a community of people who are crushing it. Every person needs three spheres of relationships. Number one, you need a community. That's a large group of people. Seth Godin calls it tribes. Wrote a book on called tribes. That's the large group of people you travel with. 10X, gross that drive, whatever that looks like. The second one is your circle. That's the 10, 12 people that you spend the most time with. 
and you've heard John Maxwell says this, you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Who are those 10 or 12 people and are they successful? And if they're not successful, guess what? You're not going to be successful either. And the last one is your corner. So you've got your community, your circle, and the last one's your corner. Who are the one or two people that are in your life that are helping you? Who are the mentors, the people that have a 10,000 foot view of what's going on in Nick Carrier's life so they can look and go, hey, watch out because this landmine's ahead and you don't even see it. Like, who are those people? Who are the people that you can turn to that can speak wisdom and speak life into you when you've got a difficult situation or you've had something happen to you that's hard? Man, that's, I love that community circle and corner. And I just think that so much of the theme of this episode is just people in general, uh, building relationships with other people and then and also seeking feedback and, and gaining new information. And, oh man, that John Maxwell quote is just so good. I think, I've heard it before, but it's been a while. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. That's just, that's just so key. What are different to stay on the people thing? Mm-hmm. I like to think of life in kind of six different areas that I try to build habits in and try to manage or grow. And that is your health, your personal life, your career, financial life, your spiritual life, and your relationships. And so like I try to think about kind of relational habits that I try to in, instill myself if you had to come up with some like relational habits that you do or some of the different ways that you kind of manage or keep what, keep up with a lot of these relationships that you do have, whether it's a friend, a family member, or, you know, a, a colleague or a peer, what are some different relational habits that you put into play? Yeah. Some of the, uh, be interested before you're interesting. Like when you get in a conversation with somebody, just don't tell them everything you're doing. It's not about you always make it about the other person. In my in my house, since my daughters were, my oldest is 25 since she was in kindergarten. Every day I dropped her off for school. I said, hey, Holly, what's a servant leader? What are the three things servant leaders do? Daddy, servant leaders put other people's needs before their own. They do things right the first time. They do things without being asked. Perfect. When I pick you up today, what are you going to do? Daddy, I'm going to give you an example of how I was a servant leader today. So adopt the position of a servant in, in the relationship. Be the one that takes the high road. Be the one that's there to serve. And then want something for people and not from people. From people, You always want to be the person that when you call somebody else's phone and they see your number, they get excited about answering the phone. You don't want to be the one that when they see the phone ring and they look at it and they go, Ugh, and they click sideways and they put it face down on the desk. <laughs> you don't want to be that guy or that girl. That's not who you want to be. So those are some, those are some real practical ways. And then listen, when you get, I said to my, this said to this to somebody last week about Dave Meltzer, if you know, Dave, and I told him, I said, dude, Dave, every time I get around Dave, he number one, makes you feel like you're the only person in the room. Number two, he makes you feel like you can accomplish anything. There's no goal you have or no dream you have that's too big to accomplish. That's how Dave makes you feel. When he leaves the room with you, you feel like you can do anything in the world. That's a good goal to have anytime you have an interaction with somebody, that's for sure, to make sure that you uh, you do those two things for that person. That's awesome. Second to last question here, Ken. I want you to imagine the future best version of yourself because I know you're, you're, you're not quite there yet and you're always trying to grow and you're always trying to chase down that person. What is a skill or a piece of knowledge that the best version of Ken has that you don't yet currently have? Patience and wisdom. I would say it's probably they're coupled together. Patience and wisdom. Because I think the I think the John Maxwell, I've heard John Maxwell. Actually, he said his psych professor said this when he was in seminary. 
Whatever your gift is, is also your weakness. Whatever the strength is on one side of the coin, the flip side of the coin is, it's also your weakness. So I would say like on the patient side, a lot of entrepreneurs aren't patients. They want to go, go, go. But that can also cost you. And I would say wisdom. Anytime ever, anybody ever asks me if they can pray for me, it's always, yep, I need wisdom. It's always wisdom. When, when you say that, what do you, what, what do you mean by that? Like I need the ability to make decisions to where I don't make the wrong ones. I need God's wisdom. I need the wisdom of God to be able to make the right decisions. So I don't make decisions that, because the higher leadership level you go, the larger the ripple effect is every time you make a decision, good and bad. You can make great decisions that are huge that will have a ripple effect. Dude, when I when I, we signed up John Maxwell this week to come to Atlanta, one of my guys, I told you, he'll do $91 million this year. He called me. He goes, Kenny, that's next level stuff, getting John Maxwell to come to Atlanta. I said, yes, sir, it is. I said, but there's some nights I'm waking up at 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning going, Am I sh- can I really do this? Can I really pull this off? And uh, and he goes, Kenny, he goes, he goes, unless you take risk, you're never going to get what you want. And I said, yes, sir. I completely understood what he meant. Based off of just something you said, another question. I think a lot of people feel that way in certain situations in regards to, you know, when you said, when I wake up, can I pull this off? Like, can I actually do this? What gets you through those situations. I feel like a lot of people are like, I don't know if I can do this. Like this vision or this idea, this goal seems so much bigger than myself right now. But how do you get through that? Yeah, I think past experience. There's a scripture, one of my favorite scriptures, Psalms 105.5 says, the works of the Lord are to be remembered by his people. And so when, when you, and it's just faith, it's just that's building, that's the building of faith. It's the same thing in your life, even if you're not a Christian or a Christ follower. You just look in your life at the same type of moments of frustration, same seasons of disappointment. And then what followed that? What followed that was usually a win. What followed that was great. So you just know this is this time's coming. This is what's coming ahead of me. I'm not stuck here. This isn't this isn't my final destination. It's just part of the journey. And you know that. And I think that's huge. That's all, that is awesome. That's awesome. Well, Ken, before I ask the last question, I, I just want to acknowledge you for your ability to, I think that what you taught your daughter is awesome, the, the servant leader thing. And I think those three things that for her to check off on a daily basis is something that all of us need to be trying to check off on a daily basis. And I think those practical tips in order to be a better or have a better relationship with people in regards to be interested, not interesting and adopt the role of the servant and want something for people, not uh, from people. I, I know that I'm going to personally try to make the goal of any time I have a conversation with somebody. I'm going to try to do those those two things that one of your mentors said, make them, or that Dave Meltzer, you said, does himself. Make them feel like they're the only person in the room. I've heard that before. The, the second one I hadn't really heard as much before, but I love this. Like make the other person feel like they can do anything because I think that is such a huge thing as a leader is one of the biggest abilities that a leader can have is just to see in somebody else what they can't see in themselves and bring it out of them. Right. I say all the time, if you don't have enough belief in yourself, borrow some of mine. If you don't have enough passion, borrow some of mine until you get your own. If you don't have enough fire to be able to do what's in your heart, dude, I, I, got, a ton, I got a ton of it. You can borrow some of mine for a little bit until you get some <laughs> momentum. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, 
If you guys uh, want to get more from Ken, which I'm sure you do, uh, I know you're fired up after listening to this interview, make sure you follow him on Instagram at Ken Jocelyn, and then make sure you go to uh, growstackdrive.com. And he's also, like I mentioned briefly, and he's mentioned a couple times, he has this conference in Atlanta on January 28th and 29th. I know a lot of you guys listening are in that Atlanta area uh, because I'm from Atlanta as well, so I have a lot of listeners down there. Um, you want to tell, tell them briefly, quick about the conference? Yeah, dude, super, super excited. We're bringing Create, the number one entrepreneur conference to Atlanta. Um, it's going to be insane. We've got John Maxwell coming. We've got Jesse Itzler, uh, Nicole Arbor we're announcing this week, uh, Dave Meltzer, Anthony Trucks. I, I mean, I, the lineup we're bringing to Atlanta, to be honest with you, is going to be insane. I've got entrepreneurs that are coming that nobody's ever heard of. One of them's doing a million dollars. He's making a million dollars a month right now at EXP. He has 25,000 agents that he's recruited over the and when the last time I talked to him, well, it was 18,000. Now it's at 25,000 agents. Dude, he is a machine. He's gonna, he's actually gonna wrap up the whole thing for me. Um, so I've got entrepreneurs coming in. It's gonna be great. Live, live band, live music, cover tunes all weekend. Um, it's it's gonna be a phenomenal event. Growstackdrive.com forward slash Atlanta. Growstackdrive.com forward slash Atlanta. We've got uh, four different ticket levels. We, I'm actually doing a pastor and a, and a nonprofit leader ticket as well. So if you're interested in that, just hit me up because it's not on the website. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, appreciate it. Well, last question there, Ken, is I think that getting closer to the best version of yourself is both a constant journey and a unique journey. I don't think we're ever at that best version of ourselves. And I think the way that I'm going to get closer to the best version of myself is a little bit different than the way that you will. So for you personally, if there are three things that you can currently do or three things that you can currently work on to get closer to that best version of yourself that you could possibly be, then what are those three things you could currently do or currently work on? Yeah, I would say spend more time with God. Number two, we continue to work harder on my nutrition. There's a, there's a fat kid on the inside of me that's screaming to get out every day. Um, he wants to eat all the cookies and cakes. And every time I go to Publix, he's wanting to hit the belly. Mm-hmm. I would say that and then really work on being patient. Awesome, Ken. Well, those are three great things. Appreciate the conversation today. I know everybody's going to be fired up by it and, and they're going to think bigger because they were in the room uh, with you today because they saw you on screen or because they had you in your ears. So you guys go out there and take action because an object that stays in motion or gets in motion stays in motion. Make sure you go to grow, growstackdrive.com slash Atlanta if you're interested in joining that conference. But Ken, that's all we got today. Really appreciate it, man. I appreciate it, Nate. Thank you, buddy. Wow. If you didn't take notes during that one, I don't know what you were doing. There were so many game-changing things that Ken said today, and I hope you took notes so that you can start to take action on them and so you can get in motion, just like Ken said. Now, if you want to get further in motion by joining the Grow Stack Drive conference in Atlanta on January 28th and 29th, then go to growstackdrive.com slash Atlanta. Again, growstackdrive.com slash Atlanta to get your tickets today. And remember... Be the person that your friends and family look forward to speaking with because you make them feel listened to and you make them feel like they can do anything. I don't know how well I currently do this in my life, so I'm going to work on super intentionally doing this from here on out, and I hope that you do it too as well. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with a friend and family member and give it a five-star rating and review on the Apple Podcast app. If this was your first Best You Podcast episode ever, then welcome. I'm so excited to have you as part of the Best You community. If you're a repeat offender, then I appreciate your consistency. I appreciate you getting back after it and I appreciate your dedication to your goals. So go out there and take action and get in motion so that you can get closer and closer to your best you. You.